thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we talk with my good buddy, Greg Underdahl. Greg is a Major League Fishing cameraman and host of a couple different fishing shows on the internet. Uh, he's got a big background in media and fishing, and uh, he's got some great, unique perspectives on what it's like to capture fish catches both in front and behind the lens. Uh, we also talk about how scent can make a huge difference in fishing, and we also talk about a hitchhiking scenario I ran into uh, after breaking down on the lake. So, hope you guys enjoy. All right, guys. Welcome back to another episode. What uh, what are my two buddies up to over there? So I get the nod first. I'm just over here, man, uh, living the dream. You know, we got uh, another wave of illness rolling through Casa de McMurray. So we're we're doing the back to school year strong. And uh, um, had something kind of funny happen to me the other day. You know, I'm as Rob knows so well that Josh and I are real handy. Um, when it comes to home repair items, to boat repairs, you know, probably if the fishing thing for Josh doesn't work out, he and I could maybe open like a mechanics business together. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so, absolutely. So we're living home. in this. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> boat and home repair. Dude, all the above. We'd nice. probably be like the Menards <clears throat> or the Lowe's of everything. Yep, the super, and the box store. That's us, dude. Mm-hmm. And so this nice, beautiful house we're living in, you know, those like, super trendy bistro lights those like little like edison style light bulbs that hang on a string and hang on a string and should be like the most simple thing to hang and install that they sell in a store so i decided to tackle that project this week and it it required a lot more geometry than i was prepared for and anchoring things into stucco and it got out of hand pretty quick but the best part was is that i'm trying to you know it, it was in a v pattern right so like it goes and then it touches the other wall in the middle and then comes back to the opposite so it forms a v right so i'm trying to get both sides of the v so that they have the same sag so it's not uneven like one side's lower than the other which should be real easy but i guess when you have like 25 feet of cord and light bulbs and everything it just you know so i'm 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 almost there man i'm at like it's just another half inch and it'll be like dead nuts on perfect i give it one final tug and it's two sets of lights that are connected with, you know, a plug like a male and a female. It lets go. And dude, <laughs> 15 light bulbs, boom, hit the concrete in our courtyard and glass goes everywhere. Oh. And I was at the finish line, man. I'd like anchored it in, measured, zip tied, clean as I could get it. Dude, dumped them all. What was your reaction, dude? Because a lot of people, like, I can imagine my old man doing this and blowing a gasket when they all hit the ground but i don't know dude i i would probably myself just walk off and not touch another home improvement project for a year and just be like no what what did you do so i had my 14 month old trying to climb up the ladder between my legs as i was pulling on that fine adjustment oh dude what is safe in this house anymore man i feel like cps is going to (laughs) come at any minute like it's it's, it's anarchy. So, so yeah, so he's like crawling up the leg, right? It's 6,000 degrees in my courtyard because that thing's like a convection oven because all the sun is just hammering it in the morning. So as all the glass shattered on the ground, I usually have gone the Mike Bertrand route and, and a part of me wanted to, but I'm also part of, I was just ready to just find some of those sharp pieces of glass and just like insert them into myself and that's an option to curl up in the fetal position and call it a day. But 
we persevered. I went and bought new light bulbs and I nice. spent 30 minutes cleaning it all up and I got it. It looks pretty tight, but dude, I'm embarrassed to say I had like two days in, in I I'm too anal. Like I got to a point where it would have been fine. And I was like, no, it's, it's a half inch too sad, too much sag. I just got to pull on it a little more. And she let go. Nice. So if for doing it, man. listeners, yeah, thanks. Many listeners need some home improvement projects in the Southeast Phoenix area. I'm your man. I got you. Well, that's Rob, what, how about that, you, man? That's all I've been doing. I, I'm going to be the worst fishing podcast host for the next six months because I feel like this should be um, this old house podcast instead of <laughs> instead of Angler's Happy Hour. But um, yeah, I just uh, this morning I woke up and sanded drywall. So I just that's what I've been doing. I've been working on the house, and you know, like I said, we got six months of. I hope it's only six months, but between chiseling up tile and demo, this is the worst part of the project, in my opinion, when you're tearing stuff apart. Mm. So that's yeah. if you watch Magnolia Home, Chip out demo day, dude. He gets all excited. You don't go in there with your sledgehammer and just like go go ham, just smash no. things. At some point, I'm gonna have to, but it's just <laughs> no. Like when you're dealing with with tile on concrete and tile showers and glass block i mean it's just it's not what he's demoing where he's <laughs> knocking cabinets off the wall right <laughs> yeah so, when you blow on it hard enough it falls off <laughs> yeah so it's just uh it's not a lot of fun right now it's hard on the body but that'll be done soon and we'll start to you know start doing cool stuff and have stuff finished which is cool so yeah well thank god you got a big strong college son just let him go in there and smash things He's actually been a lot of help. It's pretty funny. He'll stop by. Yeah, it's pretty cool that he he'll stop by and ask what needs to be done. So that's been fun. But uh, yeah, so I need you guys for the next six months to go. Hey, let's go fishing because I need to do that. I if so if I don't, I'll I'm I'm not going to guide a whole lot this fall. This is the first time in ten years that I'm going to take a little a little time off um, and just get this done. So when I am done, I can get back to guiding in the spring and get back to normal life so that's the plan nice man josh what you got going on uh you know i fished once this week i went i had to do some videos for berkeley so i went up to uh, roosevelt and honestly it was a little tougher than i expected i have been seeing some photos of some nice fish coming out of there the tournament weights have been decent um i really had to get a lot of topwater video that was kind of the the point of the day and uh i i didn't pay super close attention to the moon phase didn't pay super close attention to the pressure and and you can see already i'm starting to generate excuses <laughs> before i even go into the day but um dude i fished for an hour thinking like well i'll just catch you know four or five in the first hour and and get get the videos done and just have fun the rest of the day well i fished for an hour and get like two little slaps don't hook up and i'm like dang it's dead dude don't see a single shad don't see a single fish bust bait anywhere and i know it's been a hot fall you know things aren't firing like crazy quite yet but it should be a lot better than that and uh sure enough uh, we were coming off it was, it was full moon um and uh, super high pressure so just two really negative things for top water bite and i was kind of forced to stick with it like because i had to get the video so dude i threw it and threw it and threw it and in probably six hours i probably had five blowups on it it was uh it was a, a slow morning of topwater fishing but eventually got it done and 
felt nice to be out at the lake. So uh, that was good. I'm still kind of getting ready for the Open. I did watch the – I don't know. Did you guys – I know you guys aren't massive hockey fans, but did you catch any of the uh, final games in the Stanley Cup for uh, the NHL? No, not at all. What's right going on. on there? Well, it's over. The Lightning won. They won the Stanley Cup. They played the Dallas Stars, who I hate. For some reason, I've just always <laughs> hated the Stars. So I was really thankful to see them lose. And I don't really even know why, dude. I love Texas, love Dallas, love <laughs> hockey. I've just always hated the Stars. So I'm sorry even, if there's any. They used to be the North, North Stars in Minnesota, and then they went to Dallas, right? Exactly, dude. Yeah, but so that was before my time, man. When yeah. I when I first like started to really follow hockey, I was an Avalanche fan. You know, when you're a kid, you just like like if, if a team Patrick had, like, a Waugh, logo. bro, dude, good memory, bro. Yeah, and they have a couple of sick players. Like they had Patrick Waugh and Joe Sackett. I was an Avalanche fan, and they hated the Stars, dude. <laughs> they, the Avalanche, the Red Wings and Stars were their rivals, and um, so I, I still hate them both to this day for yeah. for that reason. Dude, I, guess. I remember being a kid and like. Who is Patrick Waugh? I keep seeing this jersey that says Roy on the back. Who is Patrick <laughs> Like, on Dude. what planet, in what language, does the sound W-A make get spelled R-O-Y? Like, come on no now. No kidding. That's a French deal, and it's a that guy is that is a crazy individual, Patrick Waugh, <laughs> dude. I mean, goalies are always a little crazier than most, but he was, like, one of the top goalies of all time. And badass, right? Probably the craziest dude. He's been in so many goalie like goalies never fight. He's been in so many fights. He was so aggressive. It was uh, it was amazing. And he's he was a coach dude. Like his first game, I can't remember if it was NHL or minors, but he uh, got a head coaching gig. In his first game, dude, he was challenging the other coach to a fight uh, <laughs> from through the glass on the bench. So love that guy. How fun it'd be to be his kid. And like student sports and knowing that your dad's up in the stand <laughs> just waiting to take his shirt off and fight someone like the yeah. ref makes a marginal call and you know your dad's already like taking his shirt off and like storming out on it. it's like dad dad it's like sixth grade soccer we'll be fine <laughs> you got some big shoes to fill for sure if you're his uh his kids on that you better you better play hard that's for sure show up dude uh, this year, um talking about you going to the lake man it looks like um dude roosevelt has been putting out pretty good looks like like pleasant has been just showing out all sorts of big large mouth i saw a big striper was caught there um on the old facebook the other day but i saw a class and this wasn't pleasant but i saw i sent you guys this picture um we've been having fun with people finding giant dead fish and then playing it off like they caught it dude <laughs> I saw and I said it to you. This this person is in a like a neon green kayak with like a a spin cast like basic fishing setup, which it's all good. Everyone does their thing, but like, dude, how big was that catfish? Fifteen pounds? Big old. It was a big catfish, dude. It was laid across this kayak like I mean, hanging yeah. over both sides. But it wasn't hanging. It was pretty stiff. It was kind of sticking <laughs> out over both sides. It's hard to be hanging when you have rigor mortis. And it's like bloated and albino looking because it's been dead a week if it's been dead an hour. And dude, you gotta love the internet again. That person's trying to say they caught it on power bait nuggets. There's always a story. Dude, maybe <laughs> this is a thing. Maybe we need to maybe that's just accepted these days. Fishing and the internet has just gone so wild that it's just acceptable to find a dead fish and pretend you caught it. I think that's just gonna be my new approach, man. I'm gonna do I'm gonna lap the perimeter of the lake before I start and look for any trophy dead fish. And then on the off chance that I find one, I'm going to I'm going to bring like three changes of clothes. Right. So I'll hold it in one shirt and one hat and be like, you know, hashtag on them. 
and then I'm going to change real quick and flip it around so then the other blotched, nasty skin is facing it, and I'll put a new hat on and a new <laughs> shirt, and then I'll be like, hashtag Topwater, and then, you know what I mean? I'll just think of all these hashtags, and it's going to take me over the top. I'll get 100,000 followers in a day. I like it. Take us along with you for that ride when you, you do that. You got Nick. it. I'll, I'll, I'll tag you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, right on. Well, hey, uh, we've got an awesome guest in today's show. Uh, his name is Greg Underdahl. Um, we're not going to go to him quite yet, but just wanted to uh, let the listeners know he's uh, he's a spoiler TV show alert. host. What What's that? Is that spoiler alert? Yeah, no doubt. TV fishing TV show host. He's an MLF cameraman. Um, that's kind of how I know him. Uh, just all around uh, great fisherman, and he fishes for all species. So he's going to be a good uh, chat. But before we head over to him, uh, got a, a couple more questions from listeners, and uh, while will these questions keep running, we'll keep answering them. So we'll do a quick Q and A before we head over to Greg. And I'll uh, I'll start with this one. Um, I had a listener write in, and I didn't I didn't write the names down of the listeners, so apologize if I missed your name here, guys. But good questions, anyways. How do you target? And this is a broad question. How do you target larger fish in a tournament? If you have a limit, how would you go about catching a kicker or upgrade? A loaded question, but there are, I think, a couple overall views and, and viewpoints that, that I've got at least, and I'm, I'm sure you guys do too, that, that could help listeners um, just as a general rule set. So, Rob, I'll let you start, dude. One of my biggest takes on that question is it says when you have a limit, how do you go catch a big one? That's probably the biggest issue, right? I love it, dude. Exactly. Like you need to go catch big ones. And from the first minute of the, the tournament. get-go, because that's when the big ones are biting. Um, not always, but I mean, that's like that's how you're going to catch the big limit. You're going to um, you're going to fish certain ways. Um, I guess I kind of need to go into that too. But like, um, let me get an example. It might be the the let's say it's June. These fish are in their summer pattern. Uh, and you can go out and throw a topwater bait first thing in the morning and catch a limit, right? You might catch 20 fish. You might catch, a, you know, just a mess of fish, but they're all smaller. They're right on the bank. Um, where the guy that runs out to the, the offshore ledge, the deeper point, um, he throws a jig out there or a Carolina rig or whatever right from the get-go or a big crankbait and fishes that little bit deeper water. And he catches four fish that outweigh your five by a ton, you know, and scratches around and catches another fifth one. And he's just not going to catch as many fish, but they're going to be better quality. So mm -hmm. that's my take. That's a great one, dude. That's a great one. Um, that was one of the two things I wrote down. One other big thing I think would be, uh, looking for bigger forage, right? So like if you, you, you same thing, you got, you've got a lot of different options on, on what you're going to do on a specific day. And, and you may be, you are catching a lot of fish on fish that are maybe feeding on shad or doing something specific out in the school. But um, if you're having trouble, you know, separating yourself from the rest of the pack of the tournament that's doing the same thing, um, maybe you have to ignore those fish and try to find some fish that are eating bigger bait fish like bluegill or gizzard shad or something like that. And, uh, you know, just by automatically putting yourself around the bigger bait fish and forage, you're going to put yourself around those those bigger fish. Right. And all all these things we say are so much easier said than done, but yep. like like as you go, I mean that's those are just little intricate things you have to pay attention to. So 
And, you know, just to chip in two cents that isn't worth the pennies that they're minted on. I think, Rob, how you approached that, <clears throat> excuse me, is what I was thinking, too. And the fact that, like, um, I, I always have felt like, and you really have ingrained this in me, that that first light window is, you know, throughout all 12 months of the year, I always feel like that first light window is when you have a chance at, at catching just the kicker or a big fish, right? Like I know I've fished little derbies around here with you, Josh, at Roosevelt in the dead of winter, right? I remember we caught that big snaked out fish off of Wind, Windy Hill one time. We and did. It, you did. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, blind squirrel <laughs> finds a nut occasionally. But, you know, it's like that water temp was cold, dude. What do you think it was that day, like mid-50s? Yeah, that, that fish was up feeding, man. And it was and, up looking for a gizzard shad. Yeah, right. And, and so it's like it's first light, though. We had nothing else in the boat. So it's like it really is like that first window is when you really have, I feel like, a great chance at a kicker. You know, you might be able to go scramble and put a limit together of a smaller fish behind that. But then that first window is 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 critical. Oh, yeah. Those big fish are harder to catch than the little ones. So you've got to maximize your opportunities to catch the big ones when they're biting because, hey, it's easy to catch. I mean, it's not every time, but it's usually pretty easy to catch three or four run-of-the-mill keepers, but it's very difficult to catch a five-pounder most of the time. So you need to be looking for that five-pounder all day. And, and hey, if it's a team tournament, even better. Like, I mean, if it's mm. an individual tournament, you really have to do a lot of that uh, critical thinking and picking the right rod up at the right time. But, hey, if it's a team tournament, um, you know, we've had lots of team tournaments where it's like, okay, one of us is not going to put this thing down all day point and that we're talking about a specific bait whatever that might be uh alabama rig or a deep crankbait or a, a big buzz bait or just something that's going to get that big bite i mean if it's nick he likes to throw his big chatterbait around uh, <laughs> inside joke there everybody but uh that's uh, and then the other guy can can be the one like flipping a stick bait right. around or, or throwing a drop shot or whatever. So team fishing makes it a lot easier because you can have a guy fishing big all day and a guy cleaning up the mess behind and, him. And I'll tell you what, in all the tens of dollars that I've won tournament fishing in my <laughs> career, this advice is truly valuable. <laughs> right on. That's a good, I mean, dude, it's a broad question, but it, it triggers some good conversation because, uh, another, another point, I mean, Quite often, let's say a team tournament around here, I mean, after the tournament, everyone kind of talks on how their day went. And very seldom does the winner go, man, we caught so many fish. But quite often, the guy that finished 20th goes, man, we caught 30 <laughs> fish today. And call it all no day, doubt, right? Dude. Just couldn't catch a big one. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. We're all in that situation. We've all been in both situations. But it's like that numbers aren't always the key, you know? Yeah. So. You cannot be scared. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I was just say if you examine data, right, if you took that across the nation, across tournaments big and small, the people who finished in the top three or top five probably on average caught way fewer fish <laughs> than everyone else. They just caught yep. the right fish. Yep. Totally. You can't be scared to weigh into fish because if you have that fear, like it's different if you're fishing a, a, tra a national trail and you're fishing for points and you're trying to qualify for something it's a little different, different strategy. You have to be able to catch a limit. But, dude, if I show up to a Saturday tournament and it's a one-day tournament and, I mean, who cares if you finish 20th or 90th? It's no different. Right. Like, it's right. $0. But if you win, you win five grand. So, hey, let's yep. try to win. And, yep. you know, dude, it's, okay, you finish 90th and everyone sees your name at 90th. Whatever. No one cares. It's it. No one cares if you finish 20th or 90th. You might care, 
but they, they don't, don't. Dude. not right. many so, people are scrolling and scrolling and scrolling right you see the top headline and you move right on <laughs> no exactly dude exactly so uh don't be afraid to go out there and catch two fish man it's uh because if, if you do if you do fish big and you get five you're gonna do really well um okay one more question because i got greg texting me now he's ready to go so one more question and we'll send it over to him um favorite flat-sided crankbait um you know, we don't do a ton of flat side fishing out west. I've done a pretty good amount back east. So I want to see, do either of you guys fish flat sides? Dude, I when I was like seven years old in a golf course pond and I learned about a rattle trap from Phoenix Sports, I think I caught a few fish on it. But that uh, is the extent of anything I've had out here locally. And with the it. fact that you're calling a rattle trap a flat side, it right. shows more that you don't fish. Yeah, yeah. So Josh, <laughs> Josh, break down flat side. I mean, that's seriously like a new, that's a newer it. thing. It, it, you know, it's starting to become more countrywide. Like they've been throwing them in like the southeast forever, and it really bl- blossomed in the southeast. And, and you know, little flat-sided balsa wood crankbaits. Um, they most of them are shallow to medium diving, and they all started as balsa. And and they've been throwing them for for years and years back there. But it's such a regional thing. Um, and there are a bunch of little uh, crafty, handmade, amazing fish catching flat-sided crankbaits. Um, it's going to sound like an ad, but um, I'll tell you the the best one on the market, especially fishing all around, in my opinion, uh, by a long shot is the new Fritz side from Berkeley. It came out a year and a half ago. We got some right before the classic at Fort Loudon and the entire Berkeley team threw it like the entire team did. It was just like I, I got them that week and I tried them side by side with everything and they can cast twice as far, which is a huge deal because if you're throwing a little balsa wood flat side crankbait they're so lightweight that you almost have to throw them on a spinning rod and a lot of guys do if you throw it on a bait caster it's got to be the smoothest casting bait cast reel the a super light line like 10 pound test or even eight and it's just hard to throw so having they found a way to make a plastic bait fish like a wood bait and that's a really big deal because the plastic you can weight it and cast it so much farther and it holds up a lot better too like eventually all balsa wood baits crack and they go bad and that $20 bait that you had so much confidence in just randomly is worthless all of a sudden, you know? So, um, anyways, the Fritz side's awesome. It comes in three sizes, five, seven, and nine. Uh, the five is the one I throw 80% of the time. And I throw the seven 20% of the time. And I just haven't thrown the nine quite as much, but the five, it runs about, you know, four to four to five feet deep, may, you know, maybe six, if you have it a long cast or whatever, but, um, fantastic bait. And, and they're known for being a cold water bait, you know, that water's in the high 40s into the 50s, um, and you crank them around rock a lot. A lot of these flat-sided crankbaits, they don't have, like, square bills. They have rounded bills for fishing through rock, but when you get around wood, they're known to hang up a little bit more. So it's a rock-type deal. But another thing I'll do, um, just because a lot of times you're trying to throw something a little different than other guys are throwing, is I bust this thing back out in, like, late summer into the fall again, um when fish are on those little shad and we talked about you know fall fishing with james a couple episodes ago but um i'll throw like a shad pattern for it side five in the fall and that's been pretty good for me the last two years also so having fumbled that one epically what uh what depth does that little five dive down to it goes between like four and six feet um you can you know you can cast it around shallow cover almost like you're fishing a square bill as long as there's not too much wood but a lot of times you're like going to be paralleling rocky banks and stuff like that throwing it around bridges um 
So what specifically do you think prevents it from being thrown more out here then? Do you think it's, it's a great just... question? I think part of it's the water that never gets as cold, right? Okay. So like, um, and so, it, it, dude, it works phenomenally, like up at Roosevelt and um, Apache and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know, man. It's a, uh, it's 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 a it's a good question. Um, it also works kind of kind of well in dirtier water, and we don't get that dirty mm-hmm. water. It's just uh, it may be one of those techniques that never made its way out here. And I'm sure there's a couple Western listeners that are like, dude, I throw it all the time and whack them on it. But cool. uh, it, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where if guys tried it, they'd catch fish and do it more. It just hasn't made its way out here yet. Right. Cool. What do you think on that, Rob? Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I mean, most of them are built in, don't a lot of them, aren't they like custom built in garages basically? Yeah. A lot of them are, man. Yeah. Like Cliff Pace literally carves, he's got his own brand, he carves them himself. And dude, those are, those are awesome and cool. And I've got plenty of balsa ones. I just, they're expensive. And like right. I said, they're, they're finicky, dude. They're like little sports cars. And yeah, um, you might buy five of them and have one that works, right? Yeah, for I mean, sure. It's... I'd rather, you know, for me anyways, it's easier just to buy the Toyota. I know it's going to run and be consistent right. and do the job every time. And to me, that's the fruit side, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Versus I could see, have... year... Go I ahead, could see years ago that uh, those baits would have been deadly at Roosevelt years ago when there was no brush in the water. Totally, dude. Just an totally. absolute phenomenal setup so yeah so like when the water's down or it's just they don't do great in wood so um it's really like that thing touches a piece of wood and it's stuck (laughs) yeah yeah but anyways um good questions guys we're already halfway into this and greg's ready to go so uh let's uh let's swing this over to greg's interview just hang out there's no guarantees i think you'll be pretty good dude but all right we good we're recording now, Greg. All right. Uh, welcome to the podcast, man. We talked about you a little bit in the uh, intro, and we'll go a little deeper in a bit. But, um, dude, I know you live in Minnesota. You've got an awesome Minnesota uh, sign behind you in your studio there. Where in Minnesota are you at? Uh, I'm I'm in uh, Buffalo, Minnesota, which is about eh, roughly 40, 45 minutes uh, from Minneapolis. Uh, so it's... It's, I live close enough to an airport, which is important for my, my job, but I, I, just, I, I live just close enough. I don't want to live too close to a big city, you know, so that's kind of how I've determined where I need to live. I need to live relatively close to a, um, a big city, but I, I live in the country. Nice. Are yeah. there any lakes in Minnesota, dude? I've never. Uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> pretty a dry. there's a few. There's uh, it's we're we're the land of 10,000 lakes, but it's actually um, I think there's more like 11,000. In fact, I have a I have a like a, a painting sort of or a drawing artwork uh, of Minnesota. And there's like this big pike, you know. And it says land of 11,000, it's like 11,436 lakes is the actual number. So, wow. That's um, cool. yeah, there's plenty of, plenty of opportunities to, to fish around here. Nice. But the yeah. boat ramps get pretty busy on a Saturday there. If you it, only have 11,000 choices. Well, yeah, that's the great thing about it. You know, it's, it's, um, there's, it, it, the fishing pressure is spread, you know, like just out so there's not one body of water that kind of gets harder than another, you know. I mean, we have Minnetonka not far from us, and that's kind of crazy in the summertime. But, I mean, there's so many other um, – Minnetonka is an amazing fishery. I mean, it's well-known around here for bass, but there's everything in it, really. Um, but, I mean, there's there's just 
every single lake around me is just full of largemouth. There's a few that have smallmouth in it, you know, but um, I mean, it's it's kind of a dreamland. But when the winter hits, it's not such a, a dreamland, you know. But it's, you you gotta have you gotta be in a totally different mindset, you know. Like it's it takes. It, I mean, I was born here, so I'm I'm really it's just it's always felt like home to me. But you know, people that first experience of Minnesota winter like what in the hell are you doing living here you know dude how late will you fish for bass I you know it's November when um the largemouth fishing is pretty much shut down like you know like I I look at I look at November is like that's when eh, you know forget it for for largemouth um and it really kind of gets that way until the I mean end of October is pretty pretty much that way but smallmouth though man like i i live near the uh, mississippi river so the um upstream of minneapolis the stretch from minneapolis to st cloud so st cloud's like a, a bigger city in central minnesota so you know that stretch of the Miss, uh, mississippi river from minneapolis to st cloud is the stretch that i've have the most experience on and um there's a warm water discharge there's a nuclear power plant in monticello uh, Minnesota, which is not far from me. And that keeps the stretch of the Mississippi open for miles, miles and miles. So you can fish it, uh, all winter long. And it really actually starts getting really good. Like in November, um, the water temperatures, you know, start getting really, really cold, but that, that warm water discharge, it'll keep the temperatures about 40 degrees all winter long. And I mean, the smallmouth man, they get, they get packed up in really um, predictable areas. Just like all you do is you look for like just slack water. And there's times when it can be really special. I'm actually really looking forward to, huh. to the fall because it's, um, you know, like the large month, like I said, eh, November is like dead. But, it, it, uh, you know, the winter can be a lot of fun for smallmouth. Where, where are, you, are you going out there in a kayak in those water temps? <laughs> Yes. yes. You are. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I do. I I'm you know, when I I went freelance 10 years ago. So I I used to live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was working for a company. I don't know if you know this or not, Josh, but the company was uh was called Wintercom. And okay. it so it was a television production company. I I'll try to not go off on a tangent here. I'll get back. We were going to ask you where your background in media is, dude. So bring it. Yeah, yeah. So I I um so I I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma for four years. I was a producer for this company called Wintercom, this television production company. We did all kinds of stuff for ESPN Outdoors. I worked on Zona's show at that time. It was called the World's uh, Greatest Fishing Show. All kinds of different stuff. Um, but I wanted to go freelance and move back to Minnesota and I sold my boat. I had a, I had a 21, 21 foot champion with a 250 on it. And I was jumping into the, the unknown of the freelance world. I'm like, I can't, I was, my, my boat payment was more, um, than my rent. And so I was like, sounds about right for yeah, vast fishermen. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, well, I can't, I can't, um, I can't have this huge like boat payment hanging over me, you know, jumping into the freelance world. I have no idea how I'm going to make any money at first, you know, like I have no idea how quick the jobs are going to come or anything. So I sold it and I, I mean, I haven't had like a full blown boat. I mean, I've had a, I, I love my new canoe. It's a kayak. It's a 12 foot kayak, but 
it's something I've had to do, you know, go from a 21 foot, you know, decked out bass boat to a 12 foot, you know, very simple kayak. Um, and so I've been doing that like for 10 years, all my freelance career, I just actually put an order on a boat just recently. So, you know, it, I'm, I'm excited about that, but yeah, all uh, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm fishing out of a kayak on, in those temperatures, you know, you, you, um, I'm always, whenever it, you know, there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of like kayak Nazis that like lose their, I don't know if we're allowed to swear. I won't swear, but, um, you can do whatever you want. Out. If it's okay. too much, we'll edit it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I won't. <laughs> uh, uh, but it, it, you know, there's, I've noticed like in the kayak world, I don't typically, I won't wear a, a life jacket. I'll have a life jacket with me, but I won't wear a life jacket like in the summer, you know, when it's hot and I'm a good swimmer and everything. Man, some of the videos I've done, I've had like people mm. just like <laughs> lose their crap on me, you know, for not wearing a life jacket. And there's no like most of the water, the the uh, lakes that I go on, there's very little boat traffic or anything. So I'm not worried about boats speeding by. I'm, you know, these are smaller lakes. So I, but in the winter I wear a life jacket. Um, and you know, and this this new canoe is super stable. I've I've seen kayaks just flip over so easily. And I've never had that. Sounds like I'm doing a pitch here. I'm not, but I've never <laughs> had that brand. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great kayak. It's super customizable. That's why I bought it. I I wanted to make it as much like a bass boat, you know, that I as I could. Um, but it's super stable. It's great for you know. I've I've never felt tippy or like unsafe like in those cold temperatures. And but yeah, you know, you can, I mean, a lot of times you don't even have to go very far. You put in and you just go up the stream, you look for, you know, go upstream a little bit, little bit and you look for a little slack water area and they can just be, I mean, it's so, it's cliche, but it can be like stealing candy from a baby. What do you catch them on, man? So, you know, I'm, um, it's kind of funny and I'd, I'd be interested in hearing what, what you think about this, Josh, um, because you're you're a Berkeley guy and uh, correct you yeah you're sp- you're Berkeley oh, softball yeah. Yeah. dude I've yeah. heard the best non-biased pitch for Berkeley baits from you in a tournament when I was catching them on the flatworm like dude yeah. we're off air and Greg is just pumping up the Gulp oh, and Max and I'm like dude I yeah. wish the camera was rolling right now yeah go no, ahead sorry to- it's no it, it's um so I, I'm a huge like. I, I use, so to get your question, I, I use a, like a three and a half inch Berkeley power tube, like all the time, dude. I, I mean, that's like my, my, just my standard, you know, it's, I mean, it's no frills. It's, it's, um, Texas rig, three and a half inch green pumpkins. What I typically use, you know, for a color, I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> there's nothing fancy about right. it. I just with like an eighth ounce or a quarter ounce, you know, uh, tungsten bullet weight, three aught, you know, offset worm hook. I mean, that is my standard, you know, because there's a lot of like on the river. And I, and I imagine this is most smallmouth rivers. Wood, dude, is where it's at, man. I mean, if you can find wood, um, especially in the summertime, you want you want uh, current coming through the wood, you know, because it, it just it it positions them better. And you can kind of um, it's just easier to kind of. It, there's more places for them to kind of get behind current breaks, even in that wood. There's like little micro eddies and stuff in wood. Mm. It's just a perfect, perfect habitat I found. So I really look for wood more than anything. So that Texas rig tube, 
it just comes through that stuff better. So that's that's my typical um, th- debate I'm I'm throwing. But um, back to the the power bait deal. When I was a kid, I was like, I have a picture of it too, uh, a picture of a smallmouth in this quarry that I caught. I was like 17 or 18, and it was when I first realized that that power bait is not a gimmick. Like it's it's um it's something special. Like so this quarry. Uh, was in this town south of where I grew up, like, I don't know, 15 minutes or whatever. There's awesome quarry, clear, deep water. And someone had stocked it with some smallmouth uh, from this local creek running by. It had some smallmouth in it. They must have just stocked this quarry loaded with smallmouth. Um, but they were really very uh, ficky, uh, finicky, you know, fickle and not easy to to catch, you know. I mean, you could catch them on artificials, but catching them on or on um, on live bait, but catching them with artificials was really difficult, you know. And one day I put on a, a you know the, the old school Perkley seven inch power worm, you know, and it was a motor oil color, and dude, it was a night and day difference on those smallmouth. I mean. It, it, it was such a, it was such a testament. I was like, I couldn't believe they were, um, a normal, like you pitch a normal worm in there and they'd investigate it and then they back off the, the power bait, they'd come in and investigate it. And then they were like, Oh, wait a minute. And they, they were picking up that scent. I imagine because then they would, then they grab it. And then you also, and this sounds like a pitch, it's not, but you have the added benefit that they'd hold on to it longer, you know? Totally. Sure. And that happened over. And finally I was able to catch smallmouth, you know, on a more regular basis on power bait there. Whereas before trying to catch them, cause I, you know, I thought I was a pro back in the day. I only wanted to catch bass on, you know, I didn't want to come on live bait. What are you talking about? So, you know, so it was, it was really eye opening. And ever since then I've, I've been sold on it. And another, th- this isn't a, uh, this is kind of a bad example of power bait used in a bad way, but it does show that it, how effective it is. I was in a bass club. I used to live in Pennsylvania and I was a, in a bass club in Pennsylvania and there were guys, real pieces of work in this bass club. I was paired with them a few times. They would actually, um, I saw it one time on the Chesapeake Bay, the upper Chesapeake Bay. Uh, we were fishing for smallmouth. It was a tournament. And one of the club members, and I heard he had done this, but I saw it firsthand. He he would use like power bait exclusively and he'd feel a tap and then he'd open his up his bail and he'd just feed him line, feed him line, count to like, I don't know, 10 or 15 seconds or something, close the bail, set the hook. And every single fish had, was gut hooked. And so he never lose any fish, oh. you know? And so it's terrible, but it's also kind of like the stuff. It they goes think, to show they don't let it go, dude. They don't, yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I don't know. I've almost gotten to a point where I don't really, you know, if, if it's a bait that's like on the bottom and the, the fish has time, you know, is like to really investigate it. If it's not a moving plastic bait. I pretty much am just exclusively power bait, you know, because of that. That's cool. Well, dude, I'll tell you what, man, that's a controlled environment. Like what you're talking about in that little quarry, like you're fishing it over and over again. So you know it so well, you know how the fish act. It's not like there are a million different variables. I mean, the fish are there, 
no matter what, because it's so small and it's just a matter of getting them to bite. So that is a, like you said, dude, it's a perfect place to really see the difference that something like that can make. And I don't know, dude, like the last thing on this, but like I've caught so many fish dead sticking any type of power bait or max scent. Like, dude, we won a tournament a couple years ago, um, right when max scent came out, my buddy, I was catching a fish. I was really wanting my buddy came over and netted it, you know, and he went to pick up his rod and like a five and a half pounder had eaten his bait when it was just laying there on the bottom like this for a minute. You know what I mean? Dude, oh. that happens, but not that often. And a lot yeah. of times not with a big one like that. And like that yeah. st- type of stuff just happens over and over again. So scent matters for sure. Oh, for sure. And and that, you know, I'm, I'm giving an anecdote from like a hundred years ago, you know, and I mean, they're, they've just improved the product too, you know, with their different, uh, the max scent and the gulp and, you know, it's, it's really awesome. Yeah, They're a cool company. Cool. They've been a, I, I've really been a fan of Berkeley for a long, for a long time, for sure. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, Hey, uh, right on. So dude, we're talking all bass right now, but I know you've done, I mean, just, you've done everything under the sun as far as fresh water goes. Would you give me like, or give us like your top, how about your top five fish species that you enjoy catching, uh, in order, you know, starting with your favorite man. So, um, well, uh, just, I mean, can you do that? Do you yeah. I favorite? mean, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I would consider myself a, a multi-species angler. I, I love catching anything. You know, I, when I first got into fishing, it, it was, I mean, I was, I was catching green sunfish. I was catching bullheads, you know, and, uh, sheephead, freshwater drum, like things that people now consider to be trash fish, you know, and that's what got me into fishing. So I've now I'm, I'm probably best at, it's at uh, bass fishing, you know, most comfortable at know the most, um, kind of techniques and stuff. But I, I would say, you know, number one would be largemouth, you know, as far as what I'm kind of, what I fish for the most, uh, you know, and smallmouth, maybe smallmouth first. It's close, you know, one and two there. Um, three, definitely. I mean, it would have to be channel catfish. See, that's cool, dude. I saw that yeah. that video you posted recently, and it surprised yeah. me. And it's it, dude, it's cool. It's that high on your list. Like, yeah, what, it's, why, dude? It's probably because it, it's one of the fish I grew up catching. You know, like I mean, it feels like kind of home to, uh, for me. Like when I first started uh, figuring out how to, when I was younger, you know, catching catfish. Like moving up from bullheads to catfish felt a little bit more professional. <laughs> so I kind of like, oh man. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of catching that first big channel cat. Um, one, actually one of the biggest channel, my first big channel cat, I used to live in California. I lived out there for 10 years, my, my formative years. And, uh, I, I used to fish Clear Lake, not often, but I'd get up to Clear Lake once in a while. And everybody knows Clear Lake's an amazing largemouth fishery, but there are giant channel huh. cats in Clear Lake. I mean, it- giants and a lot of them and it's super cool man so my my one of my first big catfish came out of clear lake as a kid um it was probably a 10 pound or something like that around there you know um but okay so that's third um fourth you know i'm talking uh, fourth would be fourth would be i'm thinking maybe flatheads or like walleyes you know, something flathead catfish or, or walleyes. Um, I mean, it's hard, hard to kind of, I'd love, you know, I, I don't do it enough, but muskies, we've got great muskie fishing around here. Um, and there's an amazing, so th- I'm going to bunch all kinds of stuff. That's cool, you know, man. Fourth and fifth, but, um, 
there's a lake sturgeon fishery that's really been kind of a newer lake sturgeon fishery on the St. Croix River, really? uh, which is about an hour and 15 for me. And dude, it's, um, it's, it's crazy. They're, you know, 60 inch, uh, lake sturgeon and there's a lot of them. It's kind of like, you know, out West, um, you know, your, your white sturgeon fishery, I, I've done some shoots on the Columbia river and that can be like, I mean, they're like coated on the bottom, these giant fish. It's almost like the numbers are, are kind of like that. Like it can be that good where people are catching multiple, you know, lake sturgeon, a, a night. And so, I'm just, once I get my boat in, I'm, you know, boat, uh, once my boat comes in, I'm going to be doing that more. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm probably most comfortable with, with bass and, and I love the competition, but I, I love really catching anything to be honest. So those other fish, I, I mean, are you catching channel catfish on something artificial, Greg, or are you talking like, no, the things bait too, right? Yeah. So, um, I use for catfish, I'm, I'm using cut bait. And so it's like cut suckers. So I'll, I'll go to, um, like this local gas station. They sell live bait near me and I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll just get, you know, some, some suckers that they're selling those primarily for, for pike guys, you know, like Northern Pike up here. Um, but they're, I mean, they're probably selling them for, for some catfish guys too, but you, they're basically like six inch size suckers and you cut them you know, like one inch squares roughly. And, um, and then you just, you know, you put it on, I, I'm using like a two watt. It's just a, basically it's a Carolina rig, just a bottom, your typical bottom rig, you know, sliding sinker. Um, and then, um, you know, you got your sliding sinker, barrel, um, swivel bead, whatever. And then a liter foot liter, and then like a two watt kale style hook, you know, uh, a lot of guys will use circle hooks and those, you know, it's a, you don't set the hook with a circle hook. You just kind of let the fish load the rod up, you know, and, and just start reeling. It's almost like a, a drop shot, uh, kind of hook set sort of, I, I see a lot of guys just kind of reeling into the, yep. um, but I, I just tip, I'll usually, usually use just a kale style hook. It's got that big bend. And a lot of times, man, I won't even use, um, I won't even use a leader, you know, I'll just, so it's basically, it's a, it's a, it's a, they call it a no roll sinker. So I'll use like a two ounce, three ounce, something like that. No roll sinker. Um, and then I'll put a bead and then the hook, you know, two out, three out kale style hook. And then that cut piece of sucker. And without that leader, you know, you don't, it's a little bit more, it's a little better for like tight quarters. You know, like because you're fishing snags and you're fishing at the head of that snag where the current's butting right up to the, the snag, you know. And so you present that bait, you know, you can present it, uh, you know, five feet away from the snag, maybe a little closer. And those fish will actually, they'll, they'll smell that, you know, downstream because they're in that snag. They'll smell that and they'll work their way up to it. And it's, hmm. it's pretty That's wild. Crazy. Yeah. It's pretty wild how quickly they can find it too. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're predators. I, they're scavengers too. They're, but they're also predators. So they, they'll eat live, they'll chase, you know, I've caught them on crankbaits before, but they'll also eat dead stuff. But, you know, they hear that splash. I'm convinced they'll hear that splash a lot of times too. So that gets them wound up. And then, 
and then they smell it and it's like they have so much like senses on them they got their whiskers they've got their lateral line they've got i mean they've got all kinds of senses you know where they know what's going on in their environment and they're they're like i've had them i mean i i caught one um this year it was like 12 and a half pounds something like that and that thing was like on it i i made a cast and it probably wasn't it wasn't 10 15 seconds it feels like and no kidding and dude it was it's like was bass fishing yeah Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't, you know, it depends on what kind of fishery you're on, but what I, what I have kind of near me here, um, you know, and, and this goes for a lot of the rivers in the state, like there's a good fishable, I mean, big population of channel cats in these rivers. So you don't really have to, you don't typically have to stay, you know, in an area, at least I found like, I, I'll give myself like 10, 15 minutes soak in a spot and then I'll make another presentation. You know, how different is it on lakes? Like, like, can you do this on lakes? Well, you know, the lakes are a totally different situation for me. Like, I, I have no idea. I really don't. Interesting. Know, yeah, I, I really don't. You know, like I see guys fishing channels and blue cats and stuff on in reservoirs. And I don't I don't know what they're doing. Like, I know I have a pretty good handle on on their movements, like on rivers, you know, um, but I don't know you know, I don't know what they're, how they, what they're doing in, in reservoirs. I, they're probably, they're probably, I know the blue cats do this. They're probably just under big schools of shad, you know, and just following those, those shad. Dude, you'll see them. Like if you go to like a grand Lake or Fort Gibson or something like that, I talk about it with James Elam all the time, dude. Like you'll see these monster fish underneath the bait and just suspended out off of points and stuff like that. Blue cats. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've seen, you know, like on Green Bay, I've seen channel cats um, go basically, it's, it's kind of funny to use this term, it's, it's kind of nerdy, I guess, but like pelagic, you know, like they're, they're sure. just out in, you know, the wide open water. And they're, you they're, think that for catfish though, right. that's kind of interesting. Yeah, they're, they'll, um, I've, I've shot many shows like walleye shows where guys are just out in the middle of nowhere on a great lake, you know, just trolling and looking for marks, you know, big, big arches. And then they'll really, they'll, they'll look for those concentrations of walleyes that way and then troll through them. And, and there's, there's been a few times when those are, those are catfish. Those are channel cats doing that. And, you know, it's funny, like, um, I've, I've wondered, you know, like on the green Bay deal this year, Josh, like, the way those fish just, they're just gone, you know, like the, those smallmouth, they're just like, boom, they're not on those, those humps anymore. They're just, they've just disappeared, you know, like you're nailing them. You'll get, you're catching a, a number of them like one day. And then the next day you go to that, that hump or whatever, that offshore structure and they're, they're nowhere to be found, you know? So I wonder if the smallmouth, if they ever just go and they just, they're just following just big schools of bait out there. They have to, dude. They have to. Like, you know, and and it's interesting because, like, they'll show back up. And and is it the same school that showed back up or is it a different school that's now going to use this shoal? But, like, Greg was in the boat at Sturgeon Bay uh, the last half of the first day where it was just so ungodly easy. I mean, it was so ungodly easy to catch smallmouth. It was all day on on a couple different places. And then the next day, they were completely gone off my best two spots, like completely gone. Um, Go ahead, Rob. 
do you have the same camera guy from day to day, Greg? Were you with different guys, or were you with Josh that whole tournament? So uh, with COVID, they're um, they're trying to keep us with as, as best they can the same anglers and the same uh, officials. So I can't remember. They they probably paired us up a couple of times, whereas before COVID, they might not have. They might have put me with a different. I can't remember exactly that particular okay. situation, but yeah, um, yeah. We, we you were in the boat for. Uh the first half of the tournament, I think. And then Tom was in the boat for the second half, but usually Rob for sure, dude, like, uh, you know, before COVID it was like a merry-go-round dude, especially with MLF because they're, they've got boats. Like if you're not catching fish, you lose your camera guy. And and that's fair. Like, that's totally fair. Like they want to keep the camera with the action, but I always feel so bad. (laughs) It's a great feeling when the camera gets pulled. transfers, But I'm, I'm always like, I feel bad for the angler. I'm like, Oh God, how demoralizing. You know, and I got to be nice about it, and You're I got to take some fight yeah, off. Yeah, for sure. Here, uh, and, you know. Yeah. For some reason, we can't hardly hear Nick, but yeah. No, I, I heard you. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Greg, I've got a question for you. I've got to, I've got to actually leave the podcast here pretty quick, which unfortunately. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask you a question. Do you and the other camera guys ever get competitive? Like, let's say it's the last day. Not that you're competitive, but like you want your guy to win, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And is it, that, I mean, do you guys talk about that or is it just yeah, something? We're, it's, it's funny. Like uh, there's a few of the camera guys that fish, you know, but mm-hmm. I would say, um, most, most of them don't, you know, and yet, but all of them after now we, I mean, everybody's got a great good sense of the sport, you know, they, they get it. Um, but yeah, we, we, it's funny. Like even the guys that don't fish, yeah, we all, we all get, um, a little bit. I, I'd say that there's that. There's there's competition there. You know, like, um, it's it's what's fun. <laughs> what's what's really funny is like when you've got a, a a cup event. You know, where there's the sudden death, where you can get off the water early. Oh yeah, you yeah. really want your guy to do well, dude. <laughs> yeah, you really want. That's when you really are right. like. And then and then you're you're given you're given uh, when you find out. You know, because we're all it's a it's a really a family. You know, I mean, I I love these guys. I've I've been working uh, for them. You know, with them for years. You know, I mean, sometimes some of these guys I've known my whole career. You know. Right. And so it's, it's, um, it's fun to give them crap when, when, when you, you know, one of them might like there just recently a, a guy, uh, one of the camera guys got off the water really early, like the, maybe the earliest, it was like nine 45, you know, and he's off the water, you know? And, and so I was razzing him. I'm like, dude, honestly, you know, you got off the water so early, you probably shouldn't even charge for this day. You know, it's really just, you know, I mean, He's honestly, breakfast got, early, yeah, right? yeah. And, and it was a day where most of us had to stay out all day. It was kind of a, it was a grinder of a day, you know? And so the majority of us, we stayed out. Like, I think, I think the tournament might've ended maybe 15 minutes, you know, early or something stupid like that. But he was, he was off the water at 945. So yeah, we're razzing. Like that's when we get competitive and we we really give each other crap you know if, right. if they're getting off the water early that's, cool. that's pretty funny i didn't think about that one that's a good question rob uh yeah, yeah. And, so, and, but, and, and there's a little just as being like freelancers too you know there's a little bit of you know competition like if i see a one of the camera guys is like maybe getting an angle like if we're around each other and he's doing something you know i'm like you know like um uh we we've there's a there's there's a lot. I mean, the whole crew is very talented, you know, so I'm always 
I'll I'll maybe see a different um, maybe see one of the camera guys doing a doing a shot that I didn't think of and and so I'll I'll do that. There's some competition just as far as even like how we're shooting the show, you know. Oh, you steal their shot, dude. They, yeah, they okay. steal your shot back. I've watched the shows back and I'm like, that's a really <laughs> cool thing to do, man. I should try that next time, you know. Like, but that's I, cool. But I mean, I'm a I, obviously I'm you know I'm a fisherman, so I'm I'm trying to think of what anglers want to see you know in a shot you know and and that's gotta used, help dude yeah i mean i grew up on the bass masters dude like that show to me i mean i was you know on sundays it, it wasn't unfortunately maybe i shouldn't say this it wasn't church that i was looking forward to it, it was the bass masters with oh, bob sure. Cobb. i oh, think yeah. we can all agree with that dude. Yeah. it's listening probably <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. Dub tells me into a good question. Are you guys able to hear me? Yeah. Barely. Just talk loud. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Okay. So, Greg, you were talking about, you know, seeing people take different shots and how cool that is. You know, for me, the opportunity to ask a professional, you know, photographer and media guy, what tips and tricks can we do to make those two pound fish look like they're nine or 10 pounds in front of the camera? Because that's what we really are looking to get from you. Don't answer that. (laughs) Are we like arm extension, like angles? You you want it, number one, get yourself a wide angle lens. Okay. Okay. That's the number one thing you want to do if you want to get that. GoPro fish style deal. Yeah. The, right. go, the, the GoPro is actually like, I mean, I see some, and I'm not doing this on purpose, you know, I, I really, I'm, I promise, but some of these videos I do, um, I mean, you, it's, that GoPro lens is actually a phenomenal lens for making fish look big, oh, yeah. you know, it really <laughs> does a great job. Um, you find just the right focal distance from the lens and the fish, and it's like, it's it's pretty it's pretty great. Um, There's probably a filter or two that I need to add on this, right? Do I need like sepia? Do you like it with like a little brown tone or? Well, you know, you can you can do all that in post production, you know. Okay. So I wouldn't worry about a lens, you know. I would just I would first I, the the most important thing is to get a wide angle lens, and no matter what camera you're you're you know if you want to be a real pro here, yeah, I am. You know, you and I, I learned this in the business when I first got out of college and was you know working for Bass Pro Shops, and this goes for any production and outdoors. I mean, you got to have it needs to be a wide angle lens if you're doing fishing, you know. <laughs> Um, and, um, actually, yeah, yeah. Wide angle lens. Um, you want to, you know, it's good to have a polarizer on there. You know, if you can, if you can have a polarizer, so you get those, you can cut any glare on the water. You know, you can, you're also making that, that sky really nice and blue. (laughs) Um, and then it's, you know, like you just gotta, you just in fishing, you just gotta roll. You got to keep rolling that camera. Don't stop rolling. If you can afford to just, you know, roll, because to me, my theory, and this is why, like in major league fishing, I just, I roll constantly. I don't really, I just roll. I've just, I I don't really stop recording, you know, because, and for me, like I want, if if I'm watching a fishing show or um, like a competitive bass fishing show or something, I want to see that angler make the presentation, work the, work the bait a little bit, you know, and then the hook set and the fish catch. Like there needs to be some lead up. I'm, I don't know if I'm going off on a tangent here. Am I missing? It's what, cool, what? dude. Okay. No, this is so, great. Yeah. So, and, and to me, it's like, you want to, as an angler, you know, like I, I remember watching those Bassmaster shows as a kid and it's ingrained in me. It's like, I, I need to see, and, and I, so I compose my shot this way too. 
I need to see the angler. I need to see the angler making the presentation. I need to see where the angler is making the presentation. And then to me, the gold is getting all that and then seeing the hook set and getting it all the way to an awesome fish catch. To me, it's almost as great as experiencing, actually experiencing that whole encounter myself. You know what I mean? So that's like the, that's, that's what I strive for. And really the wide angle and everything else is all like secondary to that. Like, I don't care what kind of camera you have, what, I mean, that's the kind of stuff to me you want to capture. And that's constantly, you never know, of course, when a fish is going to strike. So you just, that's kind of my, that's how I've just done things, you know, with, um, when I'm doc, you know, documenting. So you're such a good fisherman yourself. Like how, how often are you able to, uh, you're shaking your head, whatever, dude, but uh, (laughs) uh, I'm flattered coming from you. How often are you able to like call a shot in your head on when a guy gets bit, right? So you're out there all day, the pattern's starting to develop and you're, and you're watching him make that presentation. And and like, is it pretty often where you're like, "Eh, it's going to happen in about three seconds. Here comes the bait. There's definitely some times, man, where it's like my battery's going and I'm like, oh crap, we're coming up on a spot where, and here's the other thing too, the angler might not even know he's coming up to an area, but I've been with other, you know, uh, filming other fishermen earlier in the week. Oh, like, interesting. Over the juices, yeah. You know what I'm That's saying? That's a good point. And I got yeah. to shut up. Sometimes I'm like, uh, you know, I might, I got to be careful because I'm like, I might give them a hint, you know, I might, you, you know, the anglers, I... Yeah. And I just, I, I need to be neutral, you know? So I'm like, mm-hmm. and then it, you know, you'll be with, uh, you'll be with anglers that just they're, and this happens to every angler, you know, but they're just struggling and they, they're not figuring out. And it's just like, it's right there. It's like right there, you know, and I can't <laughs> say anything, Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Maybe they're on riprap or something, and he's like, oh, forget the riprap. I got to go over these lily pads or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm dude, like, I've ah. done it a million times, sure. You know? And and, and so uh, it was funny. I, I It was last year, Aaron Martins, we all um, – it, it was after the tournament, and a group of us were just kind of hanging out by this kind of like fire thing at, at this uh, uh, hotel. There's a pool and everything. You know, like a – whatever i'm trying to say like just a little social area you know and aaron martins and some of the other camera guys were all around and kind of bsing about the tournament and stuff and aaron it was really funny aaron was like he's like i gotta tell you like a lot of us um get kind of nervous you know because we we think like the cameramen think we're idiots like we can't figure the fish out you know sometimes and it starts so it's funny to hear aaron martins talk about like He's, you know, and you know how Aaron can just kind of just roll, you know, and he's oh, just it's like coming out if it's in his head. Yeah. And it was just funny to hear him talk about like, just like he's concerned about not catching fish. He's self-conscious and what, what the, what the camera guys are thinking of, yeah, of him. Like Aaron you, Martin. you know, At yeah, Aaron his life and his career. Yeah, yeah. He's still like, this guy thinks I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was I funny. Know, I know the feeling for sure. Yeah. And, and so it was, it was, it was kind of, and I've thought about like that. That's sometimes I try to be really, um, cognizant of that and really uh, supportive, you know? Um, but it, see you, Rob, yeah, he's Rob out. Left I'll his, out of uh, here, guys. He's got an appointment to go to. All right, so man. Um, now. No, it, it was, uh, it, it, it's just funny to hear that because I, and, and I try to be just, 
super, I mean, neutral and, and cognizant of the fact that, you know, this is stressful. You guys are making a, you're living doing this, you know, and, and I know fishing, fishing can be a real kick in, in, you know, in the butt and, and really humbling. So I'm in, you know, and, and I'm in your boats and I'm, you know, this is your workspace. So I'm, 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 I pretty much stay in the back of the boat and I zoom in to get whatever shots I need. I want to be like a, a fly on the wall as much as possible and not, you know, I'm there to document, you know, but it, it was funny hearing him say that. Yeah, that is, so, that is. <clears throat> so Greg, when you're on these um, bodies of water, like the Great Lakes or something, and I'm stealing one of Josh's questions, he did all the homework and shared it with us. And now <laughs> I'm going to ask his questions because this was a good one. Dude, do you get like seasick sometimes? Like if the waves are rolling and you're trying to get the shot and you're all focused in? I mean, Look does that happen? It's got to be brutal, oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, no, it, it's um, I I when when I saw that we were going to to Green Bay to Sturgeon Bay like in, in like twice, I was I was I was nervous because I'm luckily then um I didn't experience I, I might have got a little queasy. Uh -huh. Um, it wasn't persistent, you know, it didn't last very long. Um, but easily you can get in the right kind of rollers and it's just <laughs> miserable. And the, the worst thing that happens, Terrible. I'm sure you guys experience this, you know, like in, with seasickness, when you're looking down and working on something, that's when it hits you. It like intensifies that, it, right? And it yeah. can happen quick, like in like 15 seconds, dude. And then you can't <laughs> kick it. Yeah, yeah, right. It just takes hold of you, you know? It's one of the dude, worst feelings. Dude, what about, like, I mean, obviously in MLF, um, there's no way in. But what about, have you ever had moments where, like, you're with a pro and he's just hammering down through waves and you're holding on for dear life to get back? I mean, I've wondered sometimes, too, being the camera guy in those scenarios, it have to be a couple of wild times in that scene, yeah, too. Yeah, you know, it, it really benefits, um, and, and I'd say this is, you know, I would say the majority of the camera guys that do this, you know, they, they understand what they're getting into, you know? And so you, you kind of have to, uh, when you know, you're going on a big body of water, if you know, and, and you know that the wind's kicking up or, you know, like it's going to be a big day kind of hairy. You, you just got to be like, you got to get, you got to get in a mindset, man, where it's almost like deadliest catch. You're just like, I gotta, <laughs> yeah. you know, you just gotta, and I, and I kind of like it. Like I'd much rather have a job like that than, I mean, I can't imagine this is why I do why I do what I do. I I've, I've tried to do the desk job kind of thing. And it's just, I mean, I didn't try it for that long, but it, it just ain't yeah. me, you know? So it's like, so that situation, yeah, there's, there's guys where they're going to be, they're going to, they, they, it's, it's interesting. And there's some phenomenal anglers that are this way that are like, we're, we'll take it easy. I'm not, I don't want you to get beat up. And, you know, I mean, top guys, I mean, I, Josh, is cool. I don't, I don't know that, that we've been a real rough stuff together as far as like really traveling that far. But I mean, there's, there's guys that you would think, oh yeah, they're going to go just balls out like, you know, and, and through this stuff. And it's going to be, it's going to be crazy that are actually no chill. You know, uh -huh. and then there's, then there's guy like, I'm pretty sure Iconelli is like, he's just, you know, that's he's no the secret. One that you're, yeah. yeah. Like you're gonna, you're gonna have to fend for yourself here. And see a chiropractor know? after the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. And there's, there's you a know, few other guys like that. But. I'm sure like, and dude, it probably, probably depends on the time, right? Like there's a time where you can definitely afford to uh, take it a little bit easier. You're taking it easier on the cameraman, your own equipment, everything. And then there's times where I think, dude, the, it, I've been in a couple scenarios where 
things were very desperate and I had a huge opportunity to do something, but not long to do it. Right. And like, uh, you know, for the most part, the camera guys I've had in those scenarios have been, have at least seemed really cool and understanding about <laughs> things like, Hey dude, yeah. I know you got to do what you got to do right now. I'll, I'll hold on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like it is cool to hear that most of the guys are, uh, are, are a little easier because dude, a lot of these boats don't have middle seats, you know, yeah. and the camera yeah. guy's responsible for this massive expensive camera. First off, like that thing can't get, uh, jacked up. And then like, they don't have anything to hold on to, and, uh, they don't have a seat with support. Like that's pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really, I, you know, and hopefully my wife is upstairs asleep right now, but I, I she's taking a nap. I think hopefully like, I, I don't really want her to know some of the stuff that I've, I've been through, you know, like, you know, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> weather situations and um you know yeah it, it can so i bought this seat i found this seat at walmart uh it was i think it was in the earlier this year like in texas or something i found this awesome seat man that's light and it and it folds up and you can um i mean it's it's like made for bleachers you know but it works really good for shooting um the bass pro tour you know because we don't have that middle seat with a cushion typically so um, but it, it bummed me out. That thing blew out like the first Sturgeon Bay, like the first day of Sturgeon Bay. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't remember. I th- I think I just sat on my, I have like a go bag where I keep all the batteries on my rain gear and everything. Um, a lot of extra clothing in there. I think I just sat on that the rest of the tournament, you know, as Brutal. A, and, and, but, but again, it's still, it's, I, I would take that over you know, a nine to five job. Reports. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's, it's just kind of, yeah. Yeah. TPS reports. Exactly. I, the office space is like, I, I need to, I, I, my yeah. whole career, I've tried to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool, dude. Okay. Yeah. Hey, last question here and you don't have to answer this one. Uh, but last question before we turn it back to, you know, the stuff that you've got going on your podcast and stuff like that. But, uh, dude, is there one like, angling freak out that you've ever seen that you don't don't yeah, mention the angler but have you ever seen someone lose a fish and then lose their mind like to the point where you couldn't even like film it or it wouldn't it would have to get cut out of the show well yeah so here's here maybe i'll write a book and this this is ridiculous but maybe i'll write a book at once my career's done and then i could really talk yeah you know? for sure yeah. you can't throw anyone under the bus <laughs> i can't do any of have, that have you seen people break stuff dude? yeah oh yeah the meltdowns well, I mean, have to be awesome i mean uh one angler um and this is great because you can edit it out if i accidentally say anything that i shouldn't okay. right okay but but no well, no, I'll, I'll take no it it's, all, it's all good um one angler um one angler just uh one time he um uh, he he brought the troll. It was the end of the tournament. He brought the trolling motor up, slammed the trolling motor down, took his rod and just went, Bruh! broke it, and then shucked it into the water. <laughs> right? What happened and to make uh, him that mad? It was just he was he was close, you know. Okay. And and, and he he didn't make the cut, and, and it was just so close, and he just you know. Um, and this is, this is a person that I would consider is, is most likely, and this isn't a joke. I'm, I'm actually being very serious here. I believe he's bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then I'll, I'll never forget it on, I, I will ride with the boat official and the angler back to the, to the hotel, you know, and, 
Oh. And this particular angler was um, was saying that they they just they need to they need to stop fishing. They need to stop. They need to get out of tournament fishing. They need to oh. they need, need to get out of tournament fishing. Need to get out of oh. tournament fishing. And that, that's the that's the thing that I've there's there's another angler that I'm convinced and I've heard this that he hates fishing and he's like <laughs> one of the best and he hates fishing. He doesn't even like it. Oh, and I'm like, he's just good at it. His dad made him do it at an early age. Really yeah. good at it. You know, that's I mean, funny, he's really dude. good, but he, he, he doesn't honestly, like he's told other boat officials this and I've experienced it. Like he hates, I don't know if he said it to me, that he hates fishing, but he doesn't lead it. He wants the tournaments to be like just four hours, <laughs> you know, instead of eight, he doesn't, you know, I'm sure like there's some people that could figure out who these people are, but, um, it's, and, and here's the reality. I really, there's very, and this is me trying to be, um, a little bit, uh, <laughs> this is for the public relations purposes here. A little Politically bit. correct. <laughs> yeah. But I do like, there's people that I thought I, I had, um, before I worked with them, I was like, I'm not a real big fan of this person. And then I worked with them and my feelings about him became more nuanced. Like, I'm just like, okay, they've, they've got some they're, they've got some good qualities and they're, you know, and they're entertaining. And so I've changed kind of my tune a little bit, but for the most part, it's a, you know, everybody's great. I've, I've developed friendships with guys and, and we, it's kind of funny. You get, you know, you, you do enough of these tournaments and you just get a rapport going and a, a certain, like you, some of the anglers know that they can give me crap and they, you know, and like Andy That's Montgomery fun. was, uh, oh, dude. Yeah, Andrew Montgomery recently was like, he's making fun of how skinny my feet are because I have these giant <laughs> laces on these boots. You know, he's like, what? How skinny are your feet, dude? You got your your lace. You're gonna trip over your laces. You're, you know, because yeah, seven I, miles of shoelaces. Yeah, you, that guy is funny, dude. And, oh, and you wouldn't know it at first, but that is one of the funniest human beings alive. He's he's really a hoot, man. And he's he's got the greatest long range skip cast I've ever seen in my life. He's amazing. I mean, dude, he'll be. I mean, and it's great for clear water. He loves fishing docks, but man, he gets away from a dock. He could do a skip cast from such a distance. Josh, I haven't seen your skip cast, so maybe you're just as it's good. Weak. But man, it's weak. It's it's uh. And this is why this is why I say bass fishing is a sport, you know, like some people don't think it's a sport and whatever. And I'm like, no, bass fishing is a sport. You look at like, uh, you know, like, like the skill that it takes to do something like that and all these other different techniques. Um, uh, I don't boost his ego, Greg. Come on. We're trying to get Josh back down <laughs> on this planet. No, Josh is like a camera, man. So all the time you no cover doubt. Josh, does he do anything funny? Does Josh like twitch or something? Does he start to get a little itchy when he's when he's not uh -huh. catching him? So what, what, oh, here, I can, here's something Josh does. Um, uh, and this is, I noticed Ooh. this on, um, this is on Green Bay. Okay. So we were in rougher water and you were kind of, you would do, um, you would kind of just stabilize yourself. You'd put your arms out and you know what I'm talking about? You'd kind of yeah. just, you, you, you just like, like the Titanic pose or something yeah. where they're on the front of the boat. Going like it, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did something where you just you 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 you'd have like both your arms out just for a while. I'm kind of remembering, like you. I think would, that's how he just presents the flatworm, bro. That's why the flatworm is so <laughs> deadly. He gets that extension out there, and you know, he's just kind of scarecrow. Yeah, 
What was that? What it's called? The Scarecrow? <laughs> it is I, now. Now it is, dude. Yeah, that's so funny, it, it, man. And I, I just attributed it to you, you know, getting your balance, you know, which made a, a lot of sense. But it also looked very ominous. Like this, he's about to drop the hammer on their ass right. right now, you know, and which he okay. did. I'm pretty sure he did really well that day. Um, so yeah. So it, that was one thing I was, I was like, it was almost like a, like a, like a Karate Kid crane kind of move, you know. But I mean, yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, it was awesome. <laughs> well, good. But Thank I don't you. Always, I was... I'm not like analyzing you, Josh. Don't worry. It was just like that was one thing that, <laughs> How you know, you Nick asked. So I, I had to. Yeah. Well, I got to build this repertoire of things to give Josh a hard time for because normally on this podcast, I'm the one under the bus. So. <laughs> oh no. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. It, it it it's um you know we I I have I have a ton of idiosyncrasies like it's you know yeah. it's OCD stuff and. You know, I am a, I'm a mess. Part of being human, man. <laughs> well, hey, so dude, your co-host of your show, like I'm sure he's got stories for days about you. How long have you guys known each other? We, uh, Pete and I have known each other for, I mean, it's almost like as long as I can remember. I mean, I was probably seven. You know, we, we grew up in a no small kidding. town. Yeah, seven, eight, something like that. You know, we grew up in a small town, like 900 people in southern Minnesota, you know, those farming community. And we would just, we'd go running around and catching critters. You know, that's how we got into fishing. Like we got into fishing together and, um, just because we love catching animals, you know, like snakes and all that stuff. And, and so we got into fishing, but yeah, Pete, you know, yeah, Pete's got, Pete's got all kinds. I mean, he's, he's, he's my whole life. He's got dirt on me, you know? (laughs) And I, I would say, I mean, what is some of the stupid stuff? I don't know. Like my, my thing, uh, I, I need like a tag end, like Pete's the kind of guy, like he doesn't worry about how long a tag, the tag end of a knot is, or, you know, <laughs> or, um, he calls like the blades of a spinner bait. He calls them spoons, you know, I mean, he's oh. got a lot. Of, I mean, I'm getting into his, oh, no. yeah, oh, we better let him come well, on and defend himself in front of you, Greg. Yeah, for sure. You should. Um, but, but you well, that's know, what's I, fun, dude, is giving your buddy crap about that kind of stuff. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, you what know, is I, life without it? I mean, fishing buddies are like, by the way, Nick, your shirt is awesome. It's oh, like yeah, a, thanks. that's like a uh, neon bass or something. Is that yeah, like so it's a smallmouth eating a, um, a gummy worm, dude? I think it's like a trolley <laughs> bright crawler. I wish Where'd I could. Where'd that come it. from? Where do you get that? Dude, zoomies circa like 2011, if you can believe oh. that. If, if you um if you do a a YouTube video trying to catch bass with gummies, that thing will get a million views, man. Dude, thank you. I'm, I, I'm gonna go <laughs> well, shoot it this afternoon. I would do it. It's Sad. a it's surefire deal, for sure. No, but yeah, no. I I mean, I'm I'm really I'm the OCD guy, and Pete's not so OCD, you know. So I like if he's gonna give me, I mean, things gotta have to be a certain way, you know. I don't like I like a, a, a short tag in on my knots and da 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 and everything, you know. And, and I don't, I don't even know if, I mean, Pete's a lot of times outfishes me. So it's, 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 it's That's probably frustrating. It is. It's incredibly frustrating. Well, I mean, sadly, I'm the pro I, here, you know, I, I never outfish Josh. So at least Pete has that claim over you. I do all yeah, the I'm, dumb stuff. And then oh, I, yeah. well, it's because you that. use my rods and reels, bro. <laughs> That's true. They're sabotage. <laughs> he usually just shows up, dude. And uh, it's how, like, how hey, long I hope you got two of everything tied on. <laughs> now, how long have you guys known each other? Way too long. Way too long. Probably, uh, let's see, dude, probably, uh, you gotta be on 10 years, 12 years. Yeah. 10 to 12 years. He actually, uh, Nick and his father came on a guide trip with me, dude. The first time we met and, uh, kind of hit it off, 
Yeah. And yep. suffice to say, Josh didn't get a tip that day. He sucked. Uh oh. My uh, his dad caught a huge smallmouth, <laughs> uh, but then ended up losing. Uh, what happened to his teeth, dude? Dude, I think he had like my dad had a, a colossal dental emergency. Oh, dude, no. Your motor blew up that day. Yeah, and, and then that, after that, we're headed in, and my lower unit goes out, dude. So we uh. <laughs> Dude, there's oh. no one on the lake. There's one other boat on the lake, and they uh, they they stop. We wave them down, and we're still miles from our ramp. They're a bass boat. We're like, thank God, we'll get yeah. towed in. It's like, but dude, it's like a Tuesday at like 4 p.m. And, oh. and I'm like, hey, uh, can you guys tow us? And they're like, no, we're fishing a tournament, which wow. they weren't. Oh, <laughs> Very no. obviously, were, dude. So we end up having to troll to a, uh, some other ramp. I I hitchhiked for the one time in my life, dude. I hitchhiked because it was wow. no good cell phone service. Put your life on the line. All for Nick, dude, and his dad and his dental emergency. And, <laughs> dude, uh, my dad my, lost uh, like three teeth in one shot that day, dude. He he, he <laughs> lost, My dad's holding like a handful, a palm full of molars. They're Josh just falling is, out. I don't I don't know what That's was going to happen. Dude, I, I lost a tooth. When you get older, man, you guys are younger than me, I'm pretty sure. I, I, I lost a tooth like three years ago. I'm finally getting an implant for it because I can finally pay for it now for whatever reason. Just happened during a COVID year of all years. But it's like you get older, dude, stuff just starts falling out of you, you know? I mean, I told my dad, maybe you should try brushing his teeth every now and then. I don't know. I've heard oh, no. science has proven that that's a good thing to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> The other thing too, like that, that's a, that's a great uh, illustration of, you know, so you want to be a fishing guide, you know, yeah. like there's a lot of, I, I, I did some kayak fishing, um, uh, guiding on the river here, you know, for, I don't know, two or three years off and on. And, you know, there's, there's, there's some de- definite benefits, but there's a few drawbacks too. Like, I mean, you know, like the stress, just the fact your motor's blowing and you have these clients and I don't know, I just... Yeah, you know, yeah. It, luckily, uh, everything worked out. Yeah, yeah. And here we are, twelve years later, just as close as ever. I think. Uh, yeah, via Skype. Got, yeah. Yeah, we've got probably the maybe the the nineteenth biggest bass fishing podcast on the uh, planet, man. And uh, got out great of guests well, like you on. Li- so. li- listen, uh, you guys, let's let's uh, work together. Let's maybe we can we can do some. Uh, what do they call the kid? The kids call it collabing. Ooh. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, and I mean, because I need to get so I have um, this platform called Angling Uploaded, and this is this will be my pitch right now. I'll go yeah, into please, what a, what a segue. Um, so I have a um, I have this angling platform, fishing platform, you know, on social media called Angling Uploaded, and the idea for it. So we have a show on there called Another Fishing Show, which is um, it's like it's kind of like a you see a little bit the format of it is like something maybe you'd see on television where we do like interviews they call them spine takes in the business but we do interviews we talk about a fishing experience and and it's it's set up like just a kind of a goofy you know candid i wanted i wanted to um really kind of show the the side of fishing where it's and this is not nothing like i mean this isn't a revelation or anything but you know the side of fishing where it's really more focused on like the places you go, the stuff that can happen, the, the, you know, trying to get to the places you go fishing, um, the off the water shenanigans, things going wrong, um, uh, the characters that you meet. And then more of like, 
you know, you can glean something from another fishing show. Like you can there, you know, you might be able to learn something, but that's not. Oh, the there's primary some good focus. info, dude, for sure. I've watched a handful of them that you put out. Yeah. So it's it's but I want it want it to be more like how what we're doing here. Like it's there's banter, there's good camaraderie, you know, the lighter and side of life, right? The lighter side of and and more just kind of you know, that aspect of fishing where, you know, and that's a, the great thing about fishing. It can be, it can be really anything you want it to be. It can be, it can be very light or it can be very competitive. And that's what I love about it, you know? Uh, amen. Uh, so the, another fishing show part is that lighter side of things that we, uh, that we do. And we've, we've got seven episodes, um, all together with that. We're going to be doing more of those. I think I want to get into a, um, into a pattern where I'm doing four of those, um, like a quarter. So every spring, summer, fall, winter, we drop an episode because they're, that's, they're that's more good. involved, you know, like they're, they're yeah. take a, quite a bit to shoot and then edit. So, uh, Pete Wagner is my co-host on that. Um, and then we want to do, um, we, we did a, a podcast for that called another fishing podcast. This was kind of a companion to the, to the show, to another fishing show. Um, we need to get that back rolling again. I'm going to get that back rolling this fall. Um, but then we also do within the angling uploaded umbrella, which is on YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Um, and you could just search angling uploaded on, on any of those, uh, uh, formats, um, any of those uh, platforms. So, but YouTube's like, you know, YouTube's probably the one that the, the biggest platform that we're concentrating on the most, trying to get that, the, the subscriber count up. That's really kind of what we've we focus on all of the platforms, but we're, we're, you know, YouTube is kind of the, the, I would say the, the bigger platform, you know, just in general, sure. it seems like for fishing. So, um, but so then we also, within those, those social media platforms, uh, you know, I'll do just more basic videos, you know, kayak fishing for small mouth, large mouth, um, you know, or in, in multi-species stuff. And eventually I'm, I'm getting, a a boat uh, should be here in December. I don't know how I'm going to break this thing in because <laughs> it's out, dude. coming, Come you know, it's pretty much, yeah, right. But so that's, that's what we're doing on angling uploaded. So the idea is, um, angling uploaded is like, a the umbrella that has another fishing show, uh, has another fishing podcast and then has these, um, I love that. And it's the Skype world. All of a sudden you just, cause we're on our computers, we get these notifications that pop up. It cracks me. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, so the, it's just the angling upload, unloaded, uploaded umbrella, another fishing show, another fishing podcast, or like the two, I would say the flagships. And then we do uh, a little bit more simple con, um, content with me out kayak fishing. Again, I want to, I'm getting that boat, so I'll have more boat stuff here coming up. Um, but I also want to do some like under, I have a tank actually on the other side of this computer. Um, like a 90 gallon tank. I want to do some just underwater stuff too, like videos and, um, you know, just kind of show how baits work. Some baits work underwater. So that's what we're doing. Cool. Angling uploaded. Nice, man. Awesome. Yeah. We yeah. highly recommend you guys check it out. I mean, uh, the, the actual angling uploaded, like the, the, the technique videos, they're awesome, dude. I've seen a lot of them. And Greg, he seems like, I mean, he is, he's a great laid back, fun guy to talk to, but he turns into a little bit of an animal when he's on the water 
you know, fishing for those fish. And you can see, dude, like how passionate he is when he's out there. Like he'll catch a fish and he, he gets excited. And, uh, like, you know, every, every single fish is, a is a fun one to catch to you, dude. So that's what I think is, is really cool, man. Uh, so you guys can learn a lot from those and I'm sure you'll laugh a lot from the, uh, from the other videos that you guys are putting into, you know, there's a lot of production that goes into them and stuff. And uh, I mean, I watched, I watched that first one I saw, I was like, man, you know, I could never do something like that. <laughs> like that's why I mean they're perfect. They're production experts, and that's the big difference. It's it's not like something you see. Uh, it's it's not a dude with a GoPro walking around a pond. That is for dang sure. These are real productions, and they're high quality shows. I've been well, impressed. I, I appreciate that, Josh. That means a, a lot coming from you. And one of the things I I really um, like about what I do, you know filming the best in and you're certainly one of the best out there is that I can take that, you know, what I'm gleaning on the water when I'm filming, you know, and then take it home and then, you know, and, and, and go out and do a video and, and just kind of, you know, I, I don't want to give away, I, I make it uh, a point not to give away any secrets. You know, there's, there's some anglers they are doing some stuff and I'm like, I can't, I'm pretty sure I can't share this. Sure. Hey, that's you know, and, and so I don't say anything, but it's, it David is really cool. It's a definite like bonus to my job to to be, you know, to, to film with you guys and just absorb some of the information, you know, like a lot of the information and then go out and, and fish and just um, and then sometimes just then I can then I look like a pro, you know, well, dude, we talk just, about I just yeah, I can just I'm not a pro. I look like a pro because I learned yeah. what I saw Josh do. Well, we talk about the value, though, man, of being like fishing tournaments as a co-angler and being able to learn behind guys. What your job does, though, dude, is it takes that and then it takes it to the next level because as the cameraman, you're going to be on the boat that's catching fish, right? So it's like you're actually backseating with the guys that's who are so whacking. True, dude. Like, yeah. I think I need to learn how to use spot. the camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's – and I've thought right. about – you know, I've, I've fished tournaments. Um, you know, I, I used to fish and – I think I'll probably fish some some uh, some tournaments here in Minnesota. There's a um, a trail called the Champions Tour. Uh, it's called Classic Bass is the organization that they really seem to have grown here lately. And and I think I'll I'll you know I'll probably start fishing competitively again. Um, just because there is that part of me where I just I love it, you know. And I and um, but I'm pretty sure I'm gonna just have my a lot. But oh. I I don't even care, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it is fun to think, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in the back. Of, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a bonus. I feel very fortunate, you know, that I'm getting a paycheck, but I'm also, I, I've, I've certainly felt like it's improved my, my, uh, my bass fishing too, you know, so. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right on. That's well, Greg, you've been a blast, man. Thank you for. Yeah. Thank everything. you guys, man. I, I knew this would be a lot of fun. Um, I just, Josh, I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed, you know, working with you in, in the boat and you're just Likewise. a laid back guy. And it's always a pleasure whenever I see that I'm paired with you. I'm like, I'm like, yes, because you're a, and I'm not blowing smoke here, man. I mean, I really believe this. You're a, you're a gentleman and you're always just uh, very courteous and, and, and you, you kick ass, dude. Like you are, I mean, I've, I've worked with the best dude. I, I mean, I've worked with Van Dam. When I, I'm sorry, Nick. I'm blown. This is I know his head's You're just, just getting the head shake. Yeah, I'm right pumping now. my fish literally right now, dude. Thank you. <laughs> dude. But, but. Go ahead. No, tell me about, yeah, no, I'm, just, I'm just flattered that you would, that you would ask, um, you know, me to do your podcast and, and I'd love once I get our podcast, uh, up and running 
again uh, here shortly. I'd love for you guys to like you guys to come on. We can do a we could do a whole thing. I'd love to just have a have a big chat like this again. I, I love these. It'd conversations. be awesome. That'd be yeah. a blast. Yeah, no doubt. Dude, thanks so much for the kind words. And I'll say the same thing, dude. When I say I get paired with you, I really look forward to it because I dude, it's it no matter what you said, like, you know, all the guys are great and I really enjoy going with all the guys, but when I know that I've got Greg on the boat, dude, like he's a real fisherman, man, and he's gonna when something awesome happens, he enjoys it with you. And when something rough happens, he understands and he feels your pain. And, uh, dude, you're just a blast to have on the boat. So I uh, hope we get to do it a bunch, you know, moving forwards. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll, we'll definitely have you back on again if you would. And I'd, we'd love to be on on your show. What, um, we'll, you know, we'll include all of your information for your different stuff uh, in the show notes for this one. And, uh, you know, we'll tag you when we post this thing up. And uh, I don't know, anything else before we let them go, Nick? No, we're great, Greg. I uh, just super appreciate it, man. It's going to be fun to meet you in person. I can already tell we'll have a good time. Oh, we'll have a we'll have a blast. Yeah, I look forward to it. Let's let's definitely do that soon. As soon Perfect. as we can. After yeah. COVID, maybe. Sheesh. No doubt. Well, let's no doubt. Well, dude, you've COVID. always who knows when COVID's gonna get out of here. <laughs> All right, Greg. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right, take care, guys. Thanks. Thanks, man. See ya. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, guys. We had a blast with Greg, and don't forget to check out his angling uploaded platforms on the internet. Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week.